Hello, guys. Welcome to the first show of Make and Play. Uh, we'll start in 30 seconds. Yes, um, let's start the show. So welcome guys. Um, just a brief introduction. Uh, my name is Roger. I work at a small independent game studio right now. And for my education experience, I studied engineering and did some research in computational physics for my graduate school. And that was, um, you know, basically the underlying physics behind a lot of these um, physical game engines. And that also um, is the reason why I got really interested in games, not just you know playing them, but also how to make them. Um, so I create, created this podcast show just to do some um, brief recaps of the game news that happened in the past week or months. Um, and those are usually more on the general gaming technology side. Um, I might consider doing some individual game reviews in the future um, if I have enough time to you know, play and review those games. But right now this show would just be mostly focusing on the technology behind both you know, creating the games and de delivering the games to the audience. Um, so today I have um, three brief um, gaming news to share for the past um, months or so. So the first one is related to Windows 11, uh, which is going to be you know, Microsoft's next generation PC operating system. Um, I'm sure many of you have seen the advertisements or the announcements of this operating system. Um, seems like they are, Microsoft is making a shift further shift from the desktop system to a more uh, mobile oriented system. You can probably tell that from, from the uh, UI change of the system and everything just becomes a little bit more fluent and touch friendly. Um, however, uh, what really catches my eyes from the announcement is that they announced several direct improvement in terms of gaming experience. So the two main technology they introduced, the first one is called um, Auto HDR. So it's basically allows um, any computer with a NVMe SSD and a Windows 11 system to, sorry, just a computer with the Windows 11 system to automatically add HDR, which is high dynamic range enhancements to games built on DirectX 11. So DirectX 11 is this uh, rendering technology um, used by most games um, developed for Windows system. And it was released in 
think right before 2010. So that means pretty much any games in the past um, 10 years just gets an automatic um, color and brightness enhancement. Um, and this doesn't require any effort from the developer side because it's made possible by just a system upgrade from the uh, window side. So high dynamic range compared to SDR, our standard dynamic range. Um, HDR basically allows the game to render much wider range of brightness values and colors giving an extra sense of richness and depth to the image. Um, this technology was first introduced in the Microsoft, their own consoles, uh, you know, the Xbox Series X and S released last year. Um, they didn't say anything about the supported devices, um, but just from, I think, my own personal common sense, I think you definitely should get a monitor or a TV um, panel that supports the HDR to fully utilize this feature because you know it's only changing the output signal, video signal from the computer, but you also need a display device to actually enjoy the benefits. So this is the first um, visual upgrade called Auto HDR by Windows 11. And the second technology is called direct storage. It is also a technology that's ported from the um, Xbox consoles that are released last. So what does what this technology does is that um, it requires your computer to have a NVMe SSD and proper drivers. So NVMe SSD are those, you know, small um, some driver sized SSDs are um, pretty new, I would say. Um, usually you need to have a laptop that's like less than, I would say, zero or five years old to have this SSD. Or if you're building your own um, desktop computer, then make sure your motherboard have those, you know, PCIe slots that support the NVMe. ME SSD because those are uh, mandates for this direct storage technology. And with that hardware and the proper drivers, what it allows Windows 11 to do is that it will load the new games much faster. And also it will support much larger uh, map or world without transition for certain games. And yeah, I think this graphic te technology called uh, Model HDR coupled with the direct storage technology will definitely um, help improve the performance of games on Windows by a huge leap. So yeah, that's the first news of the Windows 11. And for this news and also other news, if you have any further um, questions, feel free to either DM me on this calling app or you can DM me on Twitter and I can try to follow up in the next episode. So that's um, for the desktop gamers. And the next one is, yeah, at the beginning of July, uh, Nintendo just released the news about their next generation or more like generation 1.5 console 
called the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Um, yeah, it seems like this is a quite minor upgrade compared to the first generation um, Switch model that was released almost, um, I want to say four years ago. Um, yeah, let's just do a quick comparison between this new OLED model and the first generation Nintendo Switch. First, um, they look, the outer sides look almost the same. Um, the screen resolution are also the same, both um, 720p's. Um, this time we have a slightly larger display. So now it's seven inch instead of I think 6.8 inches. So, but that, I think some people wouldn't really call that an upgrade because with the same resolution, if you get a larger screen, that means you actually get, you know, lower density or pixels. Um, however, the OLED should be a big upgrade because you will get a much, you know, darker um, colors um, on the screen. So that would be like a higher contrast, um, you know, similar idea as the HDR. And then the other upgrades, I think the most significant one is the kickstand of the Nintendo Switch. Um, the new model now has a adjustable kickstand that also expands almost the whole length of the console. So it can provide much uh, strong, stronger support and also more versatile support because now you can keep the console um, pretty much popped up on the table at uh, any angle you want. And before that, I think the older Nintendo Switch console, it only has this one tiny strip of plastic that serves as a kickstand. But um, yeah, I've tried that console um, before. It, I think the kickstand is just, um, I would say very far from just being a strong support to the console. Um, pretty much if you just apply any force to it, it will just pop off the console. Um, I guess the only silver lining is it, it doesn't like permanently break from the console. So you can just put the Put the kickstand back to the console, but this new kickstand is definitely a much better upgrade. Um, and let's see, um, yeah, besides that, um, the performance are exactly the same, so that means they use the same CPU graphic um, processing units or same RAM, so the guts of the console are almost the same, except for the internal speakers, I believe this new Nintendo OLED model has um, slightly more powerful internal speakers. So that would give you a better performance when you are using it as a handheld mode. And this news definitely just um, break a lot of the previous rumors we had about this upgraded Nintendo model. Uh, for example, a lot of people were speculating that it will support uh, 4K output to an external monitor TV. Um, that didn't happen, so it's still 1080p output. Um, of course, uh, people were speculating that it will use uh, upgraded NVIDIA um, units that have much better graphic performance, and that was um probably in the plan but they have to scratch that because of you know the global chip shortage because you know switch has a such high 
sales volume, it's really hard to source um, so many high performance mobile chips. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for this um, Nintendo Switch OLED news. Oh, and one last um, upgrade of this model is that it now has a Ethernet cable, Ethernet port inside the docking station so that when you are using this console in a docked mode, you can use an Ethernet cable to connect it to your home network. It should be uh, much faster and more stable compared to just using the Wi-Fi. Hi, Roger. Yes, hello. I, I was just, I'm just curious, what is the cost of the Nintendo Switch OLED? Yeah, thank you um, for the question. So the Nintendo OLED model is 350 US dollars starting on October the 8th. Um, I believe the original one is $300. Um, so $50 basically just gives you a um, brighter screen and uh, slightly more powerful speakers. Um, and the uh, Ethernet port um, in a dock. And I think the only other change might be the internal storage. So now you have 64 gigabytes instead of um, 32. Um, however, that's like over four years of change. So uh, I think that's more like just for them to keep up with the trend because, you know, 32 gigabytes in 2021 is not even enough for storing maybe like more than one games. So I think this is just a very minor upgrade for Nintendo. They just slightly bumped up the price. And this model is basically just to replace the older model. So I think most people who own the original model uh, will very likely not purchase this one. This is more to attract the potential new customer base. Got Thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll uh, I'll drop out of the caller queue and you can continue. Great job, by the way. Yep. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And just one last um, piece of news. Um, this is also very related to the Nintendo Switch console because now we're seeing um, the closest direct competitor uh, for the Nintendo Switch console. So um, Steam, or um, I guess in this case, uh, Valve, the company, they just released their handheld console called a Steam Deck. This, I'm checking the date of this news. Yeah, it, it was released on July 15th, so just two days ago. And this console, um, we can also since we just covered a Nintendo Switch OLED model, so we can just do some quick side-by-side -side comparison. So this model, it starts at 399, and the screen resolution is about the same as the Nintendo OLED. And let's see, well, obviously it has a much powerful um, internal processing units because um, Valve, in this case, they are more targeted towards, um, you know, game desktop gamers that just want a second handheld console to complement their gaming experience. 
So you still want the performance of this console to be comparable, not necessarily with a desktop computer, but at least with a, um, you know, a laptop in some case. So it has a AMD um, APU with a quad core Zen 2 CPU and eight um, computing units of the AMD um, graphics. It's called RDNA2. And the RAM size is um, 16 gigabytes. So you can see that those are more on the, you know, gaming laptop level performance. And then, um, yeah, I will probably post some um, show notes later with some links so you can see some of the drawings of this console and the detailed uh, spec specs of this console. Um, yeah, so this is definitely um, a more powerful handheld console compared to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, however, I think there are a few um, drawbacks here. So first of all, the battery life is not going to be so ideal. Um, here they say um, moderate usage will be seven to eight hours, but that's for like 2D games or web browsing. So if you are playing those high performance games on Steam, then you'll probably get just above um, two. And then um, I think another major disadvantage of this console is that um, it is just um, way too big as a handheld console. Um, it's hard to visualize since it's a audio show, but uh, I think I read um, a comparison that if you look at how long this console is, it is actually longer than some of the um, desktop consoles, for example, the um, Xbox Series um, S, you know, that's the smaller uh, white colored Xbox desktop console. So this handheld console, it is actually longer than the smaller um, desktop console you could find. So just imagine like holding that um, in your hand, it'll probably not look as uh, natural as holding like a switch or switch light. And yeah, speaking of the handheld performance um, or like ergonomics, um, besides being maybe too large in, in volume, it's also quite heavy. Um, trying to find the exact uh, weight here. Um, yeah, it seems like it's missing from this article, but from what I previously read is it's almost as um, double the weight of uh, traditional Nintendo Switch. So that means it's um, probably not far less um, comfortable to holding hand for long duration compared to a more traditional handheld console like the you know Nintendo Switch or even the previous generation Nintendo consoles like the uh, 3DS. So yeah, pretty interested seeing seeing how this will sell compared to the Nintendo. Um, but this definitely has its own unique customer base because, you know, first of all, this runs its own custom operating system called Steam OS. So that means it it's a Linux-based system that has some its own modification by Valve. Um, but I think they also mentioned that you can um, install Windows or other custom um, 
you know, Linux systems on this console. And, you know, once you have Windows on this machine, then you can basically install any games or softwares um, as you like. So that just gives this console much more flexibility in terms of software compared to other gaming consoles, whether, you know, handheld or desktop versions. Um, yeah, and similar to the Nintendo Switch, this also has a docking station. Um, I believe they mentioned that it's just a docking station that's made by um, Valve, but it's not required to ex um, export the audio or video or connecting other peripherals. You can also just use a third-party USB-C dock to achieve the same uh, functions. So as you can tell, this console is more like a, um, basically a Windows laptop that's shrunk to a handheld size and allows you to use, you know, those um, D-pads and joysticks to control the game rather than only using, you know, keyboard and mouse. So I believe this thing will be on sale in um, December later this year. So pretty excited to see these um, two new consoles released later this year. And as many of you might have heard before that, um, you know, all those next gen gaming consoles like the Xbox Series S or X or the PlayStation 5, although they were released last year, um, the production simply just couldn't catch up to the demand because of the global chip shortage. So a lot of the market analysts, I think they were predicting that um, 2021 um, might be the actual first year that these consoles start to really um, sell in public channels and meet the demand from the customers. So essentially um, 2021 is the actual, you know, first year where these, all these different consoles will have a uh, similar starting line and start to compete with each other. Um, yeah, so in following shows later this year, if I can get hands on some of these um, consoles or maybe borrow from my friends who might also get hold of one of them, I would definitely do some uh, review and comparison between these different consoles and glad to make some uh, recommendations. Yep, so that's it for today's show. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you have any questions, um, feel free to DM me on this um, calling platform, or you can find my um, Twitter link. I will try to post it on the show notes on my profile later. You can also DM me and chat with me on Twitter. Um, yeah, so the current plan for this show is probably to release one or two uh, new episodes per week. I will try to do a weekly recap of the gaming news. And also if there are some certain um, breaking events that happen, and I think it's very important, then I'll probably do a emergency part that will be more like my uh, real-time reaction rather than uh, uh, well-researched show. So yeah, thank you for tuning in to the first episode and I will see you um, later.
Thank you.